Amen. If you have your Bible with you today, go ahead and get that out and turn to Psalm chapter 2. Bible apps, Psalm chapter 2. If you're new with us or new to the Bible, new to church, listen the best you can. If you're able to find these things on your phone, do so. Psalm chapter 2, and then you'll find Matthew 16 as well. That'll be the, the second place we will read from. Today I started a series a couple of weeks ago. Uh, in fact, this will be the third part called The Stand, and that the Lord had stirred this within me, and uh, I needed to get it out, and, and, and I'm happy to do so. Psalm chapter 2, verse 1. Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. Then he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep displeasure." What this saying is saying is, is, is people are calling God's ways bondage. They're saying it's like cords or bonds around us. The New Living reads this way. Let us break their chains, they cry, and free ourselves from slavery to God. The Message Bible reads, let's get free of God. Okay, how many know you're mixed up if you think you need to get free of God? You really are. Can I tell you? It's the other guy you want to get free, free of. All right? You want to get free of the one who's come to steal, kill, and destroy, not the one who's come to give you life and give it more abundantly. All right? Anytime someone is having thoughts of walking away from or disassociating or, or having a lack of participation with God and his plan and his work and his kingdom and his family, um, it, th- those thoughts are coming from the wrong source, okay? Because again, why would you walk away from your help, from your answer, from your victory and what? Join what? What are you going to join that's better than him? What are you going to make the central focus of your life that is better than the one who loves you and saves you, one who gives you peace and joy, the one who, who, who removes bondage and destruction? And so when people walk away from God, they're usually not going to neutral. I'm just going to do this on my own. Well, neutral is a great deception. Uh, in reality, you're on one side or the other. You're either for him or you're against him. And when you walk away from God or, or cease active participation in, in this relationship, you are entertaining other thoughts. Your mind is going somewhere. Your devotion is going somewhere. Your money is going somewhere. Your time is being dedicated to other things. And for someone to say, well, I don't really worship anyone or anything is, is deception. All right. There are spirits behind all of our activities. Either we're being led by the Spirit of God to draw near to Him, or there's some other kind of deceptive thing happening that's drawing us away from God and into a destructive plan. And if we don't see it instantly, so that's where deception comes in. We don't always recognize immediately that we're getting off track or we're going the wrong way or we're starting to... Um, entertain things that harm us, but over time you look back and you've drifted a lot further than you really thought you have. Amen. So we want to stay close and never, ever, ever entertain the idea that God's our problem. 
His ways are not a cord around us. His ways are not bondage to us. If something bad happens in your life, I've got good news for you. God didn't do it. He really didn't. He's opposed to it. He's he's not the author of it. He's not here to be a problem to you. He's here to be your answer and your help. I know some still have questions because they lack understanding of God's kingdom and how things work. But nevertheless, whenever you don't know, stay on the Lord's side. Believe that he's for you and not against you because that's true no matter how many things you can't figure out. Amen, amen, amen. I never want to be caught thinking of God's ways as bondage. You know, I've heard people, I know Pastor Wade spoke earlier about giving and tithing and so forth, and I've heard someone really just in a mocking way tell, advising Christians, I said, I can tell you all how to get a 10% raise. And they, and they say, stop tithing to your church, okay? And then you get a 10% raise. I realize that works on the calculator, on the calculator, yes, that's true. <laughs> In real life, that's dumb. Amen. Really, I'm, I mean, you say, well, you can say that because, well, no, I'd say that to anyone in anyone else's church, not, not connected to me personally at all. I tell you, putting God first in all areas of your life is the smartest thing you've ever done. Putting God first in your time and in your finances and in your, in your relationships and in, in your businesses is the smartest thing you could ever do. One, it takes it from being uh, of not much significance to have an eternal significance. Two, you enter into the blessing of the Lord when he is the one you serve. Praise God. It is Jesus who said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and, not just period, and all these things will be added to you. The things are natural blessings. If you need things to live, you might want to seek God first in your life. Praise God. If you're lacking things, if you're lacking, have financial lack, material lack, the best solution is to seek God first. How do I fix this? Well, I don't want to serve him just for things. No, you don't. You want to serve him, period. But it is connected. Amen. And so uh, we're, we're talking about these scriptures here. We're trying to. Uh, uh, this, uh, I was sharing with you before how the standard that the Lord raises up to push back against the powers of darkness are us. It is not that God just by himself, independent of us, does what he wants to do and pushes back on the powers of darkness. He uses us. We are the standard. We are the church. We are his standard for our times. Everybody with me on this? Uh, th- there's an idea that, that, that when God works, he kind of does it by himself, lest we take the credit. Some have even said, if when God does something, he does it in such a way where it's obviously God and no one can take the credit. Okay, that, that sounds kind of good, but it's just not true. It's not the way he works. He doesn't work independent of us. In fact, there are at times a real temptation for people to take credit for what God does. That's why we're told not to. That's why we're told, give him all the glory. He will not share his glory with another. We are told to give him the glory. Why? Because it looks like we did it. There's a reason why in the New Testament, you see sometimes great miracles happened, and then the people in their ignorance started lifting up an individual like Paul and his companions and say, these guys are gods because they were so gods-minded, 
you know, many gods, all that, that funkiness. And, uh, and so Paul would do a miracle. They'd say, <gasps> look, and they'd make him one of their Greek gods. Yeah. And what did, what did he have to do? Well, he had to redirect and say, nope, nope, you've got that wrong. It looks like I did that, but it was God in me who did that. It was God working through me. And so that's still the pattern of the Lord. He's not going to just do whatever he's going to do all by himself, independent of you, independent of me. It's that we're either going to be involved in a part of the process or it's not going to happen. Say amen. amen. Okay. Now, because we are the standard... Uh, that pushes back and holds back the enemy's work, we do need to take our place. Um, many of you know this from uh, end time theology, that when, when the church leaves the earth, all hell breaks loose down here. Why? We are the restraining force. We are the, the preserving salt that's in the earth today. And if we, the body of Christ, is not on the earth... This is not a nice place to live. It is not because there, there is a lot of evil that will take place. Even in the, in the account of, of Lot and his, you know, his house in Sodom and his family. I mean, no, judgment was withheld until Lot and his family got out of there. And the Lord sent the angels there and got them out of town. And as soon as they, they left town, fire fell. All right. You and I are this in the earth today, okay? And, and understand what I mean when I, when I say this. It's not just you and it's not just me, it's us. This is the way the kingdom of God works. I have my own relationship with him. You do, hopefully you do, right? You have your own relationship with him. I'm not going to heaven because you're going. You're not going because I'm going. You're not going to heaven because you're in a Christian family. You're not going into heaven because you believe in God, right? Uh, but if you have personally received the Lord, okay, then you're saved. You have a relationship with God. But that's, that's one part of what this uh, kingdom looks like. The other part is, is, is our cooperation with one another. In other words, you are not the church. We are. We are the church. It is not just about, about one individual. It is about us-ins. All y'all, right? Ewans, depending on where you're from. It, it, it is about, that was God's intention is that we would be together. And, uh, you know, uh, Peter wrote and called us, uh, he, he called us living stones. He said, God is building a spiritual house and you are living stones. You think about the stone uh, mason who uh, is building some kind of structure or, you know, a fireplace, I guess, or a, or a, a whole house, a wall, a living structure. And, and how many know that's a little bit of, takes a little bit of uh, um, creativity and, and skill to recognize this stone fits in this place and this stone. It's not like a brick where they're all uniform, but this stone fits over here and they put the mortar inside and put them together. And once it's done, it's pretty impressive right? You might be able to pick up one stone and throw it, but you can't pick up the whole house, <laughs> right? When we're put together, when we're glued together, we're all arranged in order by God's design, we become something that we are not on our own. Amen. We become a force to be reckoned with. We become a standard in the earth today. Yeah. yeah. And what's what happens, the troublesome part of, the, of this is when people begin to uh, decide where they want to be. I'm my own rock, 
<laughs> and and I can make it, I can be wherever I want to be. I'm I'm just as much a rock over there as I am over here. Okay, maybe you are rocky, but you know, uh, but God has designed for you to be in a certain place. Our part is to respect His choice, not making all these choices on our own but saying, Lord, you know better. You are all wise. You see the master plan, the big picture, and you know that I would be better right here as opposed to somewhere else. Amen. See, what happens in, in, with, with many people is they don't recognize this part of God's plan. They see through such a, you know, such a small window. And they look, it's so narrow, their viewpoint of their life and God's plan and their future, and they're not seeing that his plan includes others. His plan for me includes you. His plan for me is not independent of everybody else and of his master plan. Amen. It, it, it's like, it's like uh, you know, if you're building a house and you, you might want to design one room a certain way and another room a certain way, and if all the kids chip in and say, and, and one kid said, well, I want my room to be this shape and this size and this heat, the ceiling this high, and I want a bathroom over here and a window here, and, uh, you know, you might do your best to accommodate if you're building a house and talk to the architect, but how many know if everyone 100% comes up with their own size and dimensions and everything, it might not work together. It's all got to fit within the master plan. Yeah, and sometimes you might have to say, well, you need to be here. I need you to give up some over here and add over here so that will work. Yeah, when it comes to our personal lives, our individual walk, our, the plan of God for us individually, there is someone that, that sees where everything fits. So we should trust him. Not making decisions, on, not just going out and doing whatever we want to do. Well, I think I should be here, and uh, this is what my preference is. I know, but you're not the only one in the house. Yeah, but I'm an American, and I'm free, and we can do whatever we want. <laughs> God is not an American. <laughs> what? <laughs> We're thankful for our country most of the time. <laughs> no, we are thankful for that. But, but the kingdom of God is not limited to earthly governments and natural thought and natural ways. And how many know a kingdom is not all about democracy? Now, don't get me wrong when I say that. I'm thankful to live in a democracy. But in the kingdom of God, there's a king. Yeah? He doesn't get voted in or out. He just is. And thank God he's a benevolent king. <laughs> most gracious and kind and that's the best way to be on earth you get a king and if they're a good one the, the country you know the kingdom rejoices but if they're a bad one everybody suffers yeah in the kingdom of God thankful we're thankful that he is our good good father right and uh, he is God and gracious and kind and merciful and and generous and I don't know how I've got off on all this but <laughs> uh, uh, but I tell you it's a good thing but we need to pay attention because he knows what he's doing Amen. Say it out loud. Say, I am, I am not, not on my own. On my own. God, does God does not want me to make all decisions, make all decisions. Independent, independent of his counsel, his, counsel. his, guidance, his guidance, and even his commands. His Amen. Let's let him be in charge. 
Praise God. Did you find Matthew chapter 16? Matthew, the 16th chapter. And you might recall when Jesus was asking his disciples about who others would say that he is, and Peter got the revelation that he's the Christ. Verse 17, 16, 17, Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say that you are Peter, and Peter means rock, or Peter means, the Greek word means a piece of a rock or part of a rock. And on this rock, that's a massive stone, a massive rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. I want you to notice what the Lord is building. He says he is building his church. Say, well, good, that's me. Well, that's us. Remember, he is building us. Yes, there are individual components, but the master builder is putting us together, and that is what Satan cannot, or the gates, authorities of hell, cannot prevail against. Say, will the gates of hell prevail against anybody? Yes, Some people are overcome. Some people do lose battles. But I tell you, when we get together, we become a force to be reckoned with. We we carry a strength. We carry an ability from God that cannot be replicated by individuals on their own. He intended for you and, and I to be together as one, designed this, again, this spiritual house. There is something inherent about our gathering that is extremely powerful. There's something inherent about our being together, united as one in heart for the same purpose, according to us, the same calling that repels darkness, that the enemy has trouble getting involved in. That's why the enemy works so hard to chip off little parts, to get rid of a piece here and to take a stone out here, get the wrong stone placed in this spot. He's work, he work on individuals because in the corporate setting, we are something that he cannot win against. There is something about even just being here today that Satan hates. Why? Because of the words of Jesus himself. He said the gates of hell will not prevail against that. You get in here and there is a repelling factor to your life. Say, so what is it? It's us. It's you, you're a part of it, it's the rest of us. It's like, it's like when uh, uh, that, that crippled guy got brought by his, uh, his friends and la- they laid him before Jesus, they pulled apart the roof and dropped him down, they couldn't get in and Jesus marveled, he looked at them and, and, and he, he, he noted their faith, not just the individual guy who couldn't walk, but the faith of their friends. How many know we are being helped? Sometimes more than we realize by good associations. When you have people around you that believe, people around you that know God, people around you that will speak truth and not lies, they'll speak victory and not death over you. They're not complaining every day, but they're there to say, this is the Lord's way, walk in it. They're there to say, I'm not gonna let you down, I'm not gonna let you fall, I'm gonna pray you out of this, I'm gonna stand with you. There is something about the corporate gathering, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, that that enables us to stand in the evil day. That's why the enemy does all he can. He works night and day to get people away from it. 
get you away from the, the, the herd, so to speak, to become vulnerable to the prey. Uh, amen, or to the prayer. To, not the prayer, but P-R-E-Y, that prayer. Predator, is a prayer a word? Predator, we'll go with predator. <laughs> Most of my illustrations come on the fly, so Show, give me grace. <laughs> Praise God. I know the Lord's doing this, and uh, he's building us. The Lord said, I will build my church. What do you mean, us? So he's not building a, he's not building, a building. He's not putting up a structure. He's building us, a spiritual house, lively stones. The gates of hell will not prevail against us. Yeah, you individually, certainly, but you in the context of us. The, the gates of hell will not prevail against us. The goal then for us is just simply to be who we are. I don't, I don't have to uh, aspire to be something I'm not. I'm not trying to become something great. I am. Now, this is not a pride issue. This is an acknowledgement of God's work in us. Huh? You're not trying to be better. You are better. If you got born again, his very life and nature was imparted to your spirit. You are alive and resurrected on the inside. You're awesome. Come on. You are a, you are a, a creature that is impressive. Oh, yeah. Don't think the angels don't think so. The angels of God in all of their glory stand back and look at you and me as redeemed children of God, blood washed and sanctified and set apart by him, and they're impressed. And for us to have a low opinion of ourselves and think I can't and I, don't, I can't do much and I don't have much and I'm worthless and I'm just nothing and how could God ever use me? Ah! Acknowledge who you are in Christ. We are not good for nothings, waste of time, waste of flesh, insignificant to God and his plan. We are right in the middle of it. We are his handiwork, recreated in Christ Jesus for good works. Amen. And so uh, uh, I don't want to entertain wrong thoughts, debilitating thoughts that I'm nothing and, and, and I can't do anything. No, in Christ, you and I are very, very potent. And the gates of hell will not prevail against us. Amen? See, we are called to stand. This is the Lord's will. It's his way. We're called to stand, not to fall, not to back down. We're called to stand. We stand on the word. Come on, we stand in faith. We stand for righteousness. We stand against the devil. We stand with one another. Huh? We stand for truth. Ephesians chapter 6 tells us to do everything we can to stand. And even he even talks about the equipment necessary to enable us to stand. Do everything you can to stand. This is one of the thing, things God wants of us. Don't back down. Don't back away. Don't shrink back. But take a stand. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. What is this standard? It is his righteousness. It is his ways. Now, now watch. Righteousness is both an imparted gift that we receive by faith 
It is also a code of conduct by which we live. First comes the gift, first comes the impartation, then comes the commitment to be who we are. I'm not trying to become righteous, and I'm not trying to become something noble or something good. I'm acknowledging his active work in me that has made me that already. And I ascribe to that in my thinking. I aspire to that in my everyday behavior. That's how we stand. And when we do that, I tell you, no devil from hell can, can have victory in our lives. I was asked not too long ago because of some statements I make about standing, about being strong. Uh, someone a- asked me, are you talking about the word of God or are you talking about politics because of the climate of our country and, and, and that type of thing? Are you talking about standing in regards to God's word or are you talking about standing against you know, funkiness going on in the political realm? And, and my response was, well, I'm obviously talking about the word. We always are talking about the word. But I said, however, the word of God is not to be cut off or, or, or uh, you know, kept separate from the rest of our lives. It's not like, well, you got your life over here and then you've got your relationship with God over here. Don't let them touch each other. I mean, no, that's a wrong way to think. So I'm not going to divorce God's word from what I think about life, what I think about politics, what I think about anything else. There are many times these things intersect. And can I tell you, the Lord doesn't want you to back down or just be shut down or shut up when there's, a, when there's an intersection. It's like, I'm a Christian, oh, but now this subject came up, so I need to step back and be quiet lest I offend someone. No, be who you are, stand on the word no matter what part of life you're talking about. Including that. I don't mean do so in an offensive way or be rude or anything like that, but I do not want to divorce God's ways from the application of my life, even in, even in uh, legal matters or policy or politics. When these things intersect, I realize Jesus is first. My identity is not first a political party. My identity is in Christ. And if, if things go contrary to that, I'm standing on the word. And by the way, many times they do run into each other. It's not like churches are intentionally or, or overtly political and we're just trying to take political stances on everything. No, but we recognize sometimes there are people in power that enact policy that run contrary to God's ways. What am I going to do? Well, I can't talk about that now. I can't say anything because someone will be upset with, with po- politics. You're, no, you're, you're upset with God's word. If you are. Now, now honestly, or obviously, uh, Christians need to be wise in, in what they t- choose to speak out about. Not everything is a biblical issue. Sometimes it's just their preference, and sometimes their boldness is misplaced. Yeah. But when it comes to things that are here... It's not just in church that I serve God. It's not in here that I just proclaim his ways. It's at work and it's in my family and it's wherever I go. It's in my friendships. I, I, I am who, who God, I am the standard. 
I mean, what would the enemy want to do in any country? Get all the Christians to shut up. Get all his people to not say anything. You stay out of the discourse. You stay out of the conversation because that's somewhere you can't go. Well, that's an easy takeover then of a whole nation. Everybody okay today? Amen, amen. So again, everything else is subject to him in our lives. No, we don't let our, no one let their, don't let your political party become your God. Keep Jesus on the throne. In all, but in all areas of life, including that. Let me read to you from Romans. I just got a few more minutes left because uh, the way the Lord's directing me today, I'm not able to finish anything I started. <laughs> Amen. But I want to read to you from Romans, from the New Living Translation, uh, Romans 13, Romans 13, verse 11 through 14. Listen to this, or look at this on the screen, unless you have your device and you have that translation. It reads, uh, this is all the more urgent for you to know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up. For our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living. Isn't that interesting? What kind of armor? Righteousness. Put on the shining armor of right living because we belong to the day. Not we're trying to be day people. <laughs> I want to be a day person. No, because we belong to the day. We must live decent lives for all to see. It's not a hidden thing. We're not trying to keep this uh, relationship with God or our standard by which we live a secret. Don't, don't offend anyone. No, just be yourself. If someone doesn't like it, too bad. Decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity and immoral living or in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. So this is us being a standard in the earth. This is us taking personally what he has done in us, the work of God in us, and saying, this is the way I'm going to live. These dark deeds, that's not really who I am. I'm a day guy. <laughs> I'm a day person. That's not who I am. And, and if, if you're participating in night stuff, as described here, he said, take it off like dirty clothes, right? Ever get clothes? They're so dirty. It's like, just get me out of this. Get me in the shower, right? It's not who you are. You're not the mud. You're not the dirt, but it's all over you. And you participate in worldly stuff, in dark deeds. It gets on you. He said, take it off. Take it off like dirty clothes. Close yourself in, in, in the light of God, the armor of light that it's the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ that makes the difference in us. 
What's so impressive about you and about this house and about us together? It's the presence of God. Amen. It's like when we get together, it gets magnified. You, you know, you turn on the flashlight and it's bright, but you all come in together. We all turn on our flashlight and it is a bright room. How many know if we all have, many people have phones with flashlights on them. If we turned all the house lights off and we all took them out at the same time, it'd be decently light in here, right? Right? We get together, the enemy has no place. Darkness has no opportunity to be, uh, to be at work. That's why... That's why what we see sometimes, probably it's happened in here already, but we see people coming into church and they get healed with any, without anybody praying for them. People go in, sometimes they don't realize it till afterwards. It's like, you know, that thing is gone. You know that, where did that go? What happened? How did that work? The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. And the enemy loses his grip on people's lives. They start thinking better. They came in dark and depressed and down. And now there's a lightness about them. Now they're, more, they're quicker to smile. They come in thinking, I'm going to throw the towel in on this and my life and so many things. And people come in saying, this is the last time, last opportunity, and we're getting a divorce. We're, this is the last chance. They're, they're giving up on so many things in life. And you get around the right atmosphere, and there's hope again. And all of a sudden, I think about it, well, I thought about it earlier today uh, for service, like, like Dawn, you know, the dish soap from the commercials. And you got your greasy plate, your greasy dishes, and they, they sh- that's how they're selling it. Is they put the little Dawn, little drop of that, and it starts dispersing all the grease, right? And it, the grease is loosen, getting loosened from the plate, right? And, and it's starting to break that apart. You come in here, I tell you, the presence of the Lord that exists among the gathering of the saints is like that presence of God just immediately starts to dispel that greasy devil's work in your life and how he come to steal, kill, and destroy. But now I believe I can make it. Now I believe there is hope. Now, I, in fact, I'm feeling better already. That knee, I came in limping and now, wow, it's feeling good. Look at that. Wow. It's like loosened up. Wow, look at that. And, and, and the presence of God starts to get in your business. That's why this is a good place to live. Yeah. Come on. And I don't mean you can physically be here 24-7, but, I, but, but I'm talking about being a part of a spiritual house and not letting anything move you away. It ha- there's that greenhouse effect where you get a part of it and you thrive in the atmosphere. Yes. Right? You need some spiritual greenhouses in your life, and you come and you thrive. Some people aren't growing, and it's like, how, us, how often do you visit the house? Well, you know, I go every couple of months. You know, or all I, you know. I was going to say this, but I'll just go ahead and say it. Well, I, I watch online since that thing happened. Be done. Unless you're far away, you have to get back. There's something about the presence. There's something about the atmosphere. Unless you have more faith in a plague than you do in the power of God. Ooh, that was a strong word. Sorry. I mean that in a loving way. I really do. I'm not here to condemn anyone. I believe in that, that there's something in God that wants us to do things a certain way. And you don't go south when you do it. You get better. You get stronger. You get enriched and your life is able to thrive like never before. He's doing something in this house. I tell you, it's good to be a part of it. I tell you, I need you. We need each other. Why? Because God built us together. 
I'm one of the stones. You're one of the stones. He designed that we would fit together and together we would stand strong. We believe God together. If one of us is attacked, you just attacked my house. And we repel together. We push back together. We stand strong together. Amen. We never let differing opinions about secondary issues become the prominent thing and cause us to leave our, our position in the house. We embrace the, 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 the standard of God, the righteousness of God in Christ, and we let him define our, our existence. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We will stand strong. Let's pray today. Father, thank you for working in us.